Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't want a non-believer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Lagaris, everyone. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. To the right of me, in Crystal Lake Studios, live, in person, the legend, the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, everyone. What's going on, everybody? Happy holidays. Good to good to hear from everybody. Coming off a tough week. A tough one? Yeah. Versus the Ravens there. Guys, you know we're not going to do you ABG fans. If you hit play, if you're rolling with us, we're not going to drag you through this game. No. We know it stunk. No need to. We know it was the worst. We know Lamar Jackson threw five touchdowns. Oh. And we know, even though Sam Sam showed some glimmers, didn't look as bad as maybe he would thought he was going to look. Right. Ended up with a pretty good day, yep. Sam. Uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, we couldn't really move the ball that much, but they got, ended up getting 21 points. They had no answer for the Ravens' offense, number one offense in the league, 42 points by the Ravens. Hard loss to take. Not a great game, Mike. However, Sam Darnold continues to show you little signs of progression on the road. There, they still fought. I thought he played pretty good. Crowder had a good game. Not a game anyone thought the Jets were going to win anyway, so it's not like the loss is the worst considering our, our record. It helps our draft position out. But they fought, Mike. They did the best they could considering the circumstances. And Yeah, man. I was, like I told in the last show, that I was a little bit disappointed in the way Sam Darnold played in the third quarter against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, reciprocally, I was actually very pleased with what I saw from Sam Darnold in Baltimore. I mean... Um, touchdown passes against Baltimore this season. These stats are provided by Michael Nani under the SMY. Um, so far, Tom Brady had a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo had a touchdown. Baker Mayfield had a touchdown. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Andy Dalton didn't have any. This is in Baltimore. Sam had two. Sam had two. And he averaged about 6.3 net yards per attempt, which was average. And uh, considering all the 23 or younger quarterbacks that visited Baltimore since 2000, they've all averaged about 4.7 yards per attempt. So considering, I remember, and I know you remember this, you remember when Mark Sanchez went into Baltimore a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was in his second year and he went to ball. It was the worst. I mean, young, yes, yes. So young quarterbacks really struggle there. You know, hats off to John Harbaugh. And T- but Sam... I mean, going into the half, before the interception, he was doing pretty well. That touchdown, he threw a touchdown pass to Crowder. Crowder dropped it. The worst drop ever. Dropped it. Like it was, even better. The second time Sam threw it to him, even oh, better pass. Was, so, Carson Wentz had a touchdown list last week where he found somebody in the end zone. And it was like a sloppier version of what Sam did. And with Sam, that throw right there is one of those moments where you're just like, 
wow, man, like not a lot of quarterbacks can make that throw. So I thought overall um, he had a very decent performance against a very good defense. And um, Sam, you know, in the last, in his past seven games, he's thrown for more than 218 yards and less than two interceptions over the last seven games. And only one other quarterback in the history of the Jets has ever had a streak like that. And that was Vinny Testaverde in 1998. And Mike, you know what? Last week, Sam was 18 for 32, but there was a lot of balls he threw out of bounds. Yeah, he did. So it wasn't like those were all incompletions. And then there was some passes that he threw that he was getting rushed. He threw towards receivers. There was a lot of passes like that that didn't didn't make his numbers look great. But I just want to put this in perspective for Jet fans. Now, we know Sam missed three games this season. And we have two games remaining this year. He already has as many touchdowns as last year. He had 17 last season. Last season, he played 13 games. He has 17 touchdowns this year in 11 games. And we know he missed three. So by this point, if he played all, all his games this year, he'd be at 14 games this year. Yep. Maybe he'd be at 21 touchdowns, 22. You have two more games to go for this season. So you might throw a couple touchdowns in those games too. So you, you look at Sam's stats this year. If he would have played 16 games over the course of the year, Mike... Just in his projection through 11, you're looking at about 25, 26 touchdowns, which is a big step up from last year, which is pretty good, which is what you want to see in your second-year quarterback, especially considering how bad our offensive line is, the murderous row of games they played earlier in the season. Um, You know, he had two games there where he had seven of his interceptions this year, Jet fans. ABG Universe, seven of his interceptions are just in two games that he played. Okay, so those games are horrible. But then you put those games aside for a second, and you go, Sam Darnold has seven, t- well, he threw it one, he threw um, two touchdowns in one of those games. So put those games aside, and you say, Sam has 15 touchdowns and five interceptions in the rest of those games. You know, that, that's, that's not bad. You, you could win with that. Oh, of course. But a few bad games, and what he's still doing here and there, Mike, and he did this week too, is he still has that pass that he throws in the game, and he gets an interception or two here and there like this. It almost seems like every game there's a pass where you're like, what was that? What were you, yeah. what were you doing on that one? Yeah. You know, and those are the things you want to clean up. And he's gotten better, I guess, you know, as the year gone on. He's been more efficient this year. His QB rating is higher. His touchdown pace is better. He's throwing for more yards. But at the same token, Mike, every game there seems to be one of those type of passes that when they show the replay, you can't necessarily tell right. what the intention was of the pass. And those are the scary passes. Yeah, those are the scary passes. Um, I think he has shown progression. I think he is showing that he has... It it feels like he hasn't yet found that moment where you know that he's got the game locked in. But one thing that, for all Jeff fans remember, is the kid's only 22, man. I mean, it's crazy. Jack Prescott's almost 27. You know, Russell Wilson is 31 years old. Everyone looks at him... Baby, 20 is going to be 26. Like, you look through all these quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, look at all the young quarterbacks that we think are young. You look at all these young quarterbacks and you see them and you're like, wow, they're young, they're progressive. Mayfield's going to be 25. 25, okay. But you look at it like Michael just said, drafted the same year as Sam. Sam's Sam's going to go into his third season next year as a 23-year-old. So that's... That's something, because he's shown he was so young, one of the youngest quarterbacks to ever start last year. Sam kept setting records for the youngest quarterback ever to do certain things, because yeah. no one plays when they're 20, you know, but he did. And so when but, you're doing that multiple times, you're, you're being the, the, fir- the youngest to do multiple things, obviously you got, you got something good there. And you look at these guys, like Mike said, that are coming in, 
that are 23, 24, and 25, and they have three years of college experience, which is good. He's going to be a 23-year-old quarterback with two years of NFL experience. Yes. Yep. Completely different ballgame. Correct. Not just and, – and that the only good thing that I see as far as bringing Gase back is that he will be in the same system. Not that the coach is good, but that there is some consistency in understanding schemes so that he could develop on those schemes, I think is really the only positive that I can see. So next year he'll come in, he's familiar with whatever system he's going to be running in. He'll hopefully have a much better offensive line because the amount of pressure that this quarterback has gotten you know, and that's another thing you've got to look at. Look at Sam's weapons. Look at Sam's project protection. Look at the the coaching that he has, and then go look at all these other quarterbacks, and look at all of the uh, look at all of the skills that are surrounding them. Like a Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You just said, Mike. He has high level draft picks at all the skill positions. It's not for a lack of help around him. He does. You're right. Yeah, that's 100 percent true. And what is I mean, Sam has left. Robbie Anderson was an undrafted free agent. Great player. I love Robbie. Crowder's not that Crow- bad. Crowder's pretty good. good no, on any player. team Crowder's on, he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of his weapons, I mean, we started the year off. Noon was gone. Herndon isn't playing. Um, we have Rob. I mean, we're not blessed with all these weapons on offense with the Jets. Yes. And you do hope the offensive tackle from Georgia might get Andrew Thomas, right? You do hope that's someone they're looking at in the first round next year. If not... We have, we're going to have a bunch of picks second and third round. We have one second, and then we have the two thirds with the Giants third round pick. So just just protect Sam. Yeah. Just, just give him more time because all you've seen this year is that every quarterback is like this. I'm not saying every quarterback's numbers are any that much different. But what you've seen from Sam is that he's not just good when he has time. He's really yeah. good. So yeah. most quarterbacks when they have time can be decent enough, right? Most quarterbacks, when they're getting pressured on stop, are not the best. Right. But Sam, when he has time, he could be really, really good. And yeah. that's what we're looking for. And, you know, this week, we'll go through some of the stats, guys. We're not going to belabor the point yeah. of the Ravens game. We just want to talk about Sam there. Because even though his stats might not jump out at you, two touchdowns, one pick, 218 yards, 18 for 32, 85 QB rating. It's one of those games, Mike. I don't think the stats really tell the story with Sam in this game. I think Bell played. I think he ran the ball better this game than he ran it all year. 21 carries, 87 yards for Lev. Crowder with six catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Robbie had four catches, 66 yards. But I, I wanted to say one thing. I think Le'Veon Bell's production in this game has to do with Adam Gase finally stop, stop him from being such a rigid, we have to do that, run my offense this way. And he finally adjusted and adjusted his game plan, adjusted his scheme to fit more of what Le'Veon Bell is trying to do. That's the biggest knock against Adam Gase. Mike, you know, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get Jeff Hornacek, who had success running an offense other in Phoenix, yep. but I'm gonna tell him exactly. you have to run the exactly. triangle, and I'm gonna get free agents that I think fit the triangle, draft players for the triangle. When 20 years ago that was an offense that doesn't work now, you're trying to force people into a scheme instead of working with what you have. And I'm not a psychologist, but why do you think that is? I'll tell you why I think that is. That shows me he's insecure. That shows me that he's insecure about his ability to coach because he uses his scheme that he knows and lays all of the value on that and not being able to be flexible and open up different concepts based off of strengths to others. Do you see what I'm saying? People who are very good at their job 
don't do the same job, the, the, do the job the only way, the same way. They can vary, be variable depending on whatever they're trying to do. And that's what makes you great. You know what I'm saying? Being flexible, being able to take new other, right. And, and, and unfortunately, I know Bill Belichick is a cheater. We don't even have to discuss all that. But I have to admit that Bill Belichick, you look at the way the Patriots have been molded over all those years. It's different when you have yes. Tom Brady, I understand that. But the most successful coaches in all sports yes. do an evaluation of what they have to work with. Yes. Then they make the best of it. Yep. They don't do the opposite of that. Yep. They don't say, here's my system. I know this works. I'm going to make. I'm gonna get these players and fit them into exactly. that. I'm going to take a square peg, put it in a round hole. Well, look what Harbaugh did. He had his, yeah. he, I mean, he had his way. He had to have had his system. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're like, oh, Lamar's here. They had, he had the cojones to be like, all right, we're going to do everything around this kid. That's yeah, true. Uh, and I'll say one. Yeah, I'll say one. Uh, one thing, Mike. Continuing with the theme that we mentioned last week, James Burgess, our boy out of Louisville, seven tackles this week, continuing to play well for the Jets. He's somebody that has been an ABG favorite. Dal Roberts had seven tackles this week. Blasson Austin with four tackles. I thought he played pretty good. Now they threw five touchdowns. Yeah. So. I'm not giving credit to the secondary. I'm not, I'm not patting anyone on the back here. Yeah. But at the same token, they did the best they could with what they had. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson out there and what he's able to do, it's just so hard to defend them because yeah. if you don't account for him running the ball, he can just easily run for a first down anytime he wants. But then what happens is that you overcompensate yeah. and they, throw, they do a lot of those plays where they go to one side. Then they throw back to the other side. They hit the Jets with three or four of these. Yep. They throw it to Andrews. They throw it to Hurst. They'll, yep. they'll hit one of the running backs on the opposite side of the field because yep. everything shifts to whatever side they think he's going to run to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Pee Wee League football, but guess what? It works when yep. a guy is that talented. Yep. But, but, we're not going to dwell on the negatives, are we, guys? No. We're going to get into some positives. We're going to go on, go ahead, hand out some, some awards. awards out, the right? second annual AEBG Yearly Awards Ceremony Coming at ya! Let's go. The Ain't Easy Being Green 2019 Year End Award Ceremony Alright everybody, the Ain't Easy Being Green Yearly Awards are here. Let's get into it, Mike! Will you please start it off? This is, this is Mike's baby. Yep. Mike produces it. Mike had the interns working on this. Michael, will you please go ahead? I believe the first category this season is most improved New York Jet. Yes, Keith. The, the most improved New York Jet. There's a couple of guys that you can look at across the team who have improved much from last year. But I thought there was one guy in particular who really has stood out above the rest. And that guy is Fulorenzo Faticasi. He currently has 22 total tackles, a um, couple sacks on the season, three sacks on the season. He's done really a tremendous job. He was an afterthought, really, during the camp. Nobody thought he was going to make the team. Uh, and this guy ended up making the team. And Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't have any sacks. I apologize. So I was looking at the, the wrong player. But uh, he, he's had a lot of different pressures on the quarterback. He's a uh, tackle for a loss. He has ended up having six tackles for a loss, um, 12 total tackles. And he's one of the main reasons why the New York Jets have such a good run defense. So I think he's been the most improved player overall 
on the team. Uh, you know, I, I would agree with that for the most part, Mike. I think another Foley Fatukasi, when you look at, say, like pro football focus rankings, you see him ranked up there pretty high. That's not something a lot of people get into the, you know, the super deep cuts, like football nerds like us. But people that are in the know almost doesn't have the, uh, you know, doesn't have the output, say, of a Sheldon Richardson just yet. Right. But Sheldon Richardson was that yeah. type of player, Mike, that the end of the year, you're like, damn, he had only two sacks. He had only this amount of tackles. Yeah. But then you hear announcers and players and teammates and opponents talk about him. They're like, dude, that guy just causes problems. And Foley, last year being a rookie, was not that type of player. This year definitely made a huge impact. I think that's probably the guy on defense I would say is the most improved. But I'm going to go ahead and mention another guy um, who I think is the most improved player on the Jets. Someone I talked about a moment ago. And I'm going to say it's Sam Darnold. And yeah. here's why I'm going to say that, Mike. You know, came back from mono, Sam. First game of the year, he had mono. He's co- this, this kid had 140-degree fever versus the Bills there. Comes back, and as the year went, I know he's been up and down. I know maybe his completion percentage isn't where we want. But I have seen improvement from last season to this season with Sam. He still has turnovers that you have to worry about here and there, but, you know, multiple games with more than one touchdown. Seven games with more than one touchdown there. He's going for 338 yards, 293, 315, 270. The New England game game aside and the Jacksonville game aside, um, those stats put to the side for a second, his QB rating would be much higher. He'd be mid-90s without those two games. So Sam, last year's QB rating was around a 77. So I'm not going to excuse those two games. They happened. They count in his stats. But I do think on our team this year, I have seen Sam take the biggest step. And that's in spite of the lack of weapons, no offensive line, no running game for most of the whole entire season. He's still been able to improve a little bit, which is not easy to do. So I'm going to give the nod myself to Sam Darnold. And when it comes to the rookie of the year, Mike, now we don't have anyone that maybe jumps out of Jet fans. Boom! This guy's obvious. Right. Who do you have this year as the rookie of the year, Mike? Well, rookie of the year, I'm going to have to say that that goes that honor is going to go to Bless on Austin. Now, I understand Bless on Austin hasn't played a whole bunch of games. Uh, he's come off in the in the second and late third quarter of the season, but uh, looking fewest yards per cover snap allowed since week ten. There's been 45 qualified cornerbacks. Shaquille Griffin is number one with .4. Richard Sherman, .45. Byron Jones, .47. Stephon Gilmore, the best cornerback in the NFL, .57. And at five, bless on Austin, .72. That's incredible. Unbelievable, that dude. Is- and you know, what, you know what's crazy about Bless? Mike, he has been somehow playing at a top level since the moment he yeah. started. It doesn't make any sense. He has been playing at a top elite cornerback level since the first time the Jets put him in a game. Yep. And we noticed it. Jet fans noticed it. You thought it was too good to be true. But guess what? It's continued every game. He is a no-brainer for the rookie of the year for the Jets. I don't care how many games he played. Because you look, you look at the other draft picks we made, Mike. Adobe's played a bunch of games this year. Um, we kind of we played him a little bit out of position. Hasn't played the best. Okay, uh, we got Travis Wesco. He is what he is. Mostly just getting there for blocking. We don't really use him on offense that much. Blake Cashman has kind of an incomplete season. He played pretty decent right. but got injured. Jakai Polite. I know everyone forgot about already. Didn't even make it to opening week. Ah, disqualified. The last pick of the draft last year. Sixth round, Blasson Austin, great story, local kid, two knee surgeries, has come in and played somehow 
at a Pro Bowl level immediately and, since he entered the NFL. And, and something I want to add to that, the next category I was going to talk about was best free agent signing. People can say it's Jameson Crowder, and I understand why people would say that about what he has actually done in the slot. But I will pick the other slot, slot corner, and I'd say Brian Poole is our best free agent to pick up. He has 53 t- total tackles on the season, has an interception, five passes defended. He, for the money we're paying him, as cheap as he is, he has been very, very good in, in that slot corner and has definitely helped Greg Williams do and some of the magic that he's been able to do. And I would honestly say that that, that bless on Austin and then bringing back Poole next year would be two, you know, starting bless on Austin, getting re-signing Poole back next year are going to be critical to then go and get another corner, whether it be the draft or free agency, to match with those two, I think we're going to have a decent future at cornerback. So I would say Brian Poole is our best free agent signing. And you know what Poole did is he earned himself a pretty nice contract next season, I think, whether it's with the Jets or another team. He has a one-year, $3.5 million contract last year. Giant upgrade over Mike's most hated player in the history of the Jets, Buster Screen. It's Mike's mortal enemy. That's Dr. Octopus to Spider-Man for Mike. You know, that is is Dr. Doom to the Fantastic Four to Mike. That's what what it basically is. Patriots and then then Screen. You know, it's Patriots 1. Buster screen number two for yeah, I don't know. Basically, I hate the. I hate the, uh, I hate and the Brian Poole. You know he probably is. Uh, he probably is the best free agent signing. I maybe uh, not one that as many people will point to just because of the fact that he's a corner slot and maybe they don't get as much pub as receivers like Crowder on two touchdowns last week. He's at seven hundred and seven yards. He might finish around nine hundred yards too if he's a couple good games at the end of the year. But Poole, I mean, Poole's a good choice for that. I'm going to go with Crowder right. myself, Mike, just because he's the only guy that's been consistent on the offense the entire season to me. Um, who do you have this year, Mike, as the most disappointing player on the Jets offensively? I it's unfortunate I'm going to say this, but we I think that we all know the elephant in the room, and it has to be Le'Veon Bell because when Le'Veon Bell got signed, me and you. We had a show. It was ridiculous. You know, we introed this guy like he was the greatest legend, thinking that he's going to be Curtis Martin status, immediate. And through 15 games, what, he has 676 yards rushing? I mean, what? This is Le'Veon Bell, man. 52 yards a game now. Is this his fault? No. Is Adam Gates doesn't run schemes for him. But you know what? When you're one of the best players in the league, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just you just execute, and you figure a way out because you're the best. And we're paying you the money we're paying you, and you're Le'Veon Bell. You're 26, going into 27. This is the prime of your career. You would figure it out, man, and you haven't. And he's been, honestly, the biggest disappointment to me. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that I don't know if there's anyone on the Jets that really had higher expectations than him who came up shorter. But, Mike, there's two, two ways to look at it. Is it Lev's fault, or is it a byproduct of our offensive line, which is horrible, to be honest with you. He's still at 400 yards receiving. I don't know if I have anyone else that I could point to as offensively as more disappointing, because we didn't have, to be honest, who did we have on offense we were expecting anything from? Not really anyone. There's not many guys you could say are very disappointing. Robbie maybe started the year off kind of disappointing. He's been playing good the second half of the year here. 
But I don't know if there's anyone else. Maybe Herndon, you could say, is a huge disappointment just because of how the season went for him. And I didn't really didn't even really get a chance to see anything he could do. Right. And we thought he'd be a top 10 tight end this year. But, I mean, Bell's a good choice there. Mike, when it comes to defense, I'm going to say for myself, defensively, the most disappointing player probably is a player who's not even on the Jets anymore, Mike. And that's Leonard oh, Williams. Wow. Somebody who, with Greg Williams coming to the Jets, we were told... He was going to unlock the key to Leonard Williams. He was going to be the guy that was going to free him from these double teams and all the other guys he has and his blitzing schemes. And he was going to be able to thrive under Greg Williams. Now, I'm not putting any blame on Greg Williams. I think he's done a great job. He's been able to get other players on the Jets to play better than they've ever played in their career. Somehow, Leonard Williams, fifth pick overall on the, on the team, Can't get did absolutely less this year than he did last year. And last year, me and Mike said, you basically did next to nothing. Before they traded to the Giants, Mike, he was like a ghost. He had no impact on any game right. that was tangible at all. And since then, he's gone to the Giants and done the same exact thing. I know he's not a Jet anymore. But to me, because of where we drafted him, because of how high up he was in the Jet hierarchy, you know, people were like, oh, there's Lev, there's Darnold, there's Jamal Adams, Leonard Williams. He would get mentioned with those yeah. guys, Mike. Yeah. You know? He's not even on the team anymore. Yeah. Peace out. Third round pick. See you later. Um, I agree with everything you just said. And I would say, like, looking at it holistically, he is the most disappointing story for the New York Jets. But if I were to take a prism, a magnifying glass, and look at 2019 specifically, I already we already knew Leonard Williams was who he was. We already the expectations for him were not Aaron Donald. We already kind of knew he already was going to be the way he was. But Tremaine Johnson was brought in here to be the number one cornerback. He's being paid top-level money to be that Revis replacement. And his first season was riddled with injuries, excuses, poor performance. But we all thought, hey, he's going to be healthy. Greg Williams is going to be here. He played with him while playing on the Rams. And Tremaine Johnson has been just an utter trash bag. Had an utter jabroni. I just want him off the team. I don't care if we're going to pay him money when he's not on this team. I mean, he was benched for Nate Harrison after week two. This dude has been, to me, the most disappointing signing, the most disappointing player on the Jets um, overall. And I'm very disgusted that we signed him for the money that we signed him. We pretty much... Yeah, but those situations, Mike, the way you just the way you said it, are very similar because Tremaine Johnson was trash his first year. So I don't think this year we had the most expectation because he was so bad. So I think I think Williams and him have kind of similar. They kind of have similar past where they we both. Greg Williams was supposed yeah, to kind of raise yep. both those dudes' bar up, right, Mike? Both those guys didn't play the best, but now that Greg Williams is here, we thought, oh, you know what? Maybe Tremaine Johnson's going to play better. Right. Maybe Leonard Williams. Gonna, so I think both of them are good picks, Mike. I think Tremaine Johnson is a tremendous pick for most disappointing. When it comes to the coach of the year for the Jets, the best coach we have is not our head coach. I, I don't even think it's close, Mike. I think 
with what he's been able to do considering the injuries, Greg Williams should probably win assistant of the year this year yeah. in the actual NFL. Right. Because all the injuries we've had, how undermanned we've been to have our running game be with the, the defensive running game be where it's at. Secondary isn't the best. They've been banged up. But I think Greg Williams did a great job with the Jets this year. We actually have a very good defense considering the fact we don't have C.J. Mosley. We don't have Avery Williamson. Tremaine Johnson disappeared. Cashman got hurt. Leonard Williams got traded. Like, beginning of the year, you look at a piece of paper and you look at what we have now, not comparable. Right. Right. And oh, still been able to get the job done as a coach. He's a miracle worker. I mean, think about who's starting right now. Bless on Austin, Arthur Merlette. Like, these are this is our cornerbacks. Like, Jamal Adams out. You know what I'm saying? Marcus May has kind of been disappointing. He's another one who hasn't really done the best. Linebackers, every single, all four of our linebackers starting for the season who are projected to be starters were out. You know what I'm saying? Defensive line, Quinnen Williams has not been who we thought he was going to be being drafted at number three overall, right? You've got guys like Florida, Renzo Fatukasi, and the Canadian Thanos coming out of nowhere. What you know? You got this defensive line balling out. What he has done, you know, when Adam Gase was hired, you and I flipped out. We were really upset. We thought it was a stupid hire. Jet Nation was flipping out, and then a week later, Greg Williams was hired, and we all calmed down. We were like, "All right, all right." You know what? Remember that? Like, we all just kind of like, "All right." And you know what? Greg Williams has exceeded expectations, in my opinion. I hope he, and I know he, will come back to continue the great work that he's been doing with the Jets, and I definitely think that he is coach of the year. Coming up to him, I would say, would be our special teams coach, who I think has done a tremendous job, and one of the, um, speaking to that, one of the, the, the groups that I wanted to ask you is, who, in your opinion, Keith, is the best mountain scooping? Of the season, not not like one of those high free agent guys. One of those cats that the mountain just scooped and like just threw on the team. Who who do you think is the best scooping? I'll, I'll give you my opinion after I hear yours. The mountain. Do you have anything to do with getting Ryan Griffin? Then that's it. That's a no brainer for me. Yeah. I mean, I know he got hurt, but. When he was out there, Griffin basically was, you know, he played as good as any tight end we've had in a long time. And he was efficient. He was open all the time, made the plays, was a good blocker. I think Ryan Griffin, to I me, would be the best scooping right now. pick, and he may be better than the guy I picked. Because <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's a great pick. My guy, do you know who leads the NFL in punt return average at 11.1? Braxton! Are you going to talk about Braxton? <laughs> the punt? Return leader, special teams, beast. Sonny's leading the NFL in punt return average right now. And and his longest went for, I think it was like 26 or 30-something yards. Bro, he's been awesome on special teams. And that's why I, you know, our specialty tone, she hats off to him and what he's been able to do with you know, losing the, the MVP he, got, he had last year. Uh, and and the kicker that we had, Jason Myers, last year, we had to pick up all. And he and special teams is still doing their thing, and and it's a lot because of guys like Braxton Berrios who do the little things that really don't show up on the stat sheets. All right, let's get into our MVPs here on offense and defense, Mike. I think on defense, kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I have to ask you your answer to this. If you don't say Jamal Adams, you yeah. shouldn't be hosting a Jet podcast, Mike. Trying yes. to hit the sack record this weekend. Kind of yes. a no-brainer no this brainer year for us. Jamal Adams, I know he's gotten hurt. Um, 
he's been just ridiculous. He's the only guy who made the Pro Bowl from our team this year. Hats off to him. He said he'd never miss a Pro Bowl again. So far, he's been delivering on that statement. And he's going for the sack record. He's definitely the defensive MVP, no questions asked. He's our best player on the team, period. And then, yeah, it's not even close. And yeah, offensive I mean, MVP he's our best player. And- it has to be. And you just look at the team. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at the season started, Mike, me and you might have said Lev. But as the year went on, the running games kind of struggled. And it really has been Sam. The games that we played well kind of hinges on him. Like we said, he played all 16 games. You're looking at someone throwing in the mid-20s range of touchdowns, which is pretty good compared to last season. So uh, I don't know if there's a play. I mean, our offense has not been great. We don't have a lot of options for offensive right. MVP, do we? Robbie Anderson, Crowder, or Sam. Because, I mean, Lev is not, not going to get to even 800 yards this year, maybe. So, he missed one game, too, Lev. Let's not forget that. I think Sam definitely has to be the choice for offensive MVP. And that is the 2019 AEBG Award Ceremony. Yep. Let's touch on the Steeler game real quick. And we'll get the hell out of everyone. Ready? The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. The last home game of the year. New York Jets versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, Michael, I will not be at this home game for the first time yeah. in a long time. Because mm. I will be in sunny California <laughs> with my fiance, meeting her family, spending time with them for the first time. So I got to do it, Mike. There's certain things you got to do. There's no way around these things. Yeah. And that's where I'll be. I'm going to miss a Jet game. I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it. It's fun to go to the Steeler game just because there are a lot of Steeler fans show up. So if you take the W, that's some good torturing on the way out. Yeah. Don't know how this week's going to go. Steelers' defense is tremendous. But I think we got a shot. Uh, no, absolutely. I th- it's crazy because we're only uh, – the, the line is negative uh, three for the Steelers. So the money is on the Steelers. But I think the Jets could win this game because it looks like Mason Rudolph is going to be – no, no, no. Hodges is going to be starting for the – Pittsburgh Steelers. Their offense isn't scary at all. James Washington, John Connor, John Connor, 432 yards, four touchdowns in nine games. Um, you know, they, I believe our offense is better than the Steelers, but they are definitely better coached and they definitely have a much better defense. So Sam Darnold's going to be, is going to have a challenge in front of him. He's played well at home. The Jets have played well at home. But, uh, no, this is going to be a big test for the, the, the Jet offense. I'm very interested to see how Sam's going to play. This was a test last week against Baltimore, and I thought Sam was able to pass that test. Let's see what he's able to do against this defense. You saw the Bills struggle. Now the Bills really don't have that great of a quarterback or offense as it is anyway. But um, their corners are good. Minka Fitzpatrick is not as good as Jamal Adams, but he is very, very good, and he makes that Steelers defense scary. So I'm thinking that the Jets, ah, you know what, screw it. I'm going to take a W, man. Close close the year out at home. Why not? Oh, why not? Why not just go for them? Yeah. A little holiday cheer yeah. for everyone out there. And, and, and their defense, Steelers defense, is really good. It kind of doesn't make any sense how they have the record they have. Yeah. It's basically the defense, like Mike said, they got a ton of good players on defense. Dupree's coming in as a linebacker, almost 10 sacks this year. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's really good. They have some okay receivers, but you don't really know because the quarterback play has been so bad this year since yeah. Ben's gone out. They don't really have a passing game. 
And subsequently also, they don't really have a rushing game. Right. They just win games through defense. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense really, to be honest with you. But they've been getting the job done. you got to look at it like this. The Jets season's over when it comes to making the playoffs. So just like Mike said, you look at this through the prism of, all right, let's see how Sam steps up and plays versus this really good defense. You know, it, it, it is a good test. It is a good judge. It is a, it is a good obstacle to throw at him the end of the year here. Even though the game doesn't mean anything as far as the standing goes, it'll be nice for to see him, just like he did last week, go out there and put up some stats, play pretty decent against a good defense on the road, because that just bodes well for his future, Mike. And I don't know if we're going to come out of here with a W or not. I know the Steelers are not as frightening to me remotely as they were years ago, because they don't have Ben now. They don't have right. the running game they had. Still on the road, though. I think we're going to keep it close. No reason we can't get a W. Why not? Who gives a crap with our prediction? Anyway, no one cares. Let's all predict Ws. Mm-hmm. Why not? Just go for it, guys, right? So, if you look at their defense, their, their points per game, 18.5, and ours is 24.5. But offensively, they're averaging about 19.2, and we're averaging 17.6. But that 17.6, remember, is brought down by the Luke Falk era. Um, I think offensively, we can... We can definitely put some more pressure on this defense than what people presently think before. And then another thing is Robbie Anderson is playing for that contract. And I wanted to tell you, Keith, that before I, I kind of wanted Robbie to walk, but now, I, you know, because I didn't want to pay him. But you know what? Looking at what Robbie has done over the past couple of games and the rapport that he has with Sam, he's not our number one receiver, but this guy could take a top off the defense. And because of that he is a Jet that we signed from when he was an undrafted player, I for about $10 million a year, I know that's a little much higher than I want to do, I, I would sign him, dude, and then get that number one receiver. You get a guy like, like Judy, like you said, or to take one of the best receivers in the league, let's say a Julio Jones right now, and you put him opposite with Crowder? Bro, that's a dangerous receiving group. Yeah, Crowder's somebody you could tell. I mean, if you, if you have an elite receiver exactly. with a player like him, he'll thrive. Because Robbie, Robbie is not elite, but he's pretty good. You know, Robbie's not bad. He's a good right. NFL receiver. And Crowder's able to do a little work. When the passing game's really humming, it's those two guys that this year have kept it going for us. Yep. Um, Mike, yeah. so I agree with that completely. So, And, and let, me, let me, real quick before we go, would you trade our third-round pick that we got for Leonard Williams to Tampa Bay for Mike Evans? Why, Why would, would I? Of course I would. What do you mean? Of course I would. That's not even a, that's a no-brainer. No brainer. That's a no. Unless Mike Evans' no hamstring fell off of his leg, and he's not yeah. playing ever again. Unless for some reason in the offseason this year he has double hamstring removal surgery oh. and has, he no longer has hamstrings, I'll, I'll sign off on it. <laughs> you grab Mike Evans if that's possible. Uh, that's what. That's in my. And guys, just so you know, Bay, you know, yeah. this week, actually next week, I will be in Los Angeles. We're still going to come back for the show. A brief, abbreviated version of AEBG will come at you next week. That'll be our Christmas show. We also have for everyone next week, Senor, who you guys have already heard this. We'll wait till next week to put it out. He recorded a Christmas song for everybody, Feliz Navidad, with the Los Huevos band. Yep. Legendary, as always, yep. Senor. And the last thing we have before we sign off here is give a tip of the hat to Michael Agaris and his fantasy football yep. team. Congratulations, Mike. Took out the machines last week. I wouldn't be a man if I did not step up to the plate and yep. congratulate you and wish you the best of luck next week. I'm not like other members of our league who tuck their tails between their legs and have zero class when they lose. I'm the opposite of that. Hashtag 
humble champ as the year has gone on. I've maintained a level of class. I will exit this season the same way. And wish Mike congrats. Whoever wins this year will be a first-time champ. It's going to be a good final. And well, actually, I can't say I hope Mike wins because I do have his draft pick. Yeah. So just off that, I hope you lose. Nothing personal. <laughs> and I know Mike knows what I mean. Nothing personal at all. I'm already looking to next season because my season's over. Yeah. And I have your draft pick. Take that L so I get one one better spot in the draft. And that's all I got to say, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It's very exciting. We'll see what happens. And I got to look. The reason why I believe I won is because of Sam Darnold. He's the guy that I didn't think was going to perform in Baltimore. I was afraid to start him. I decided yeah. to start him. And, and that's what. Through. And Mike, I said that to Mike when Sam played well that night. Yep. I texted Mike that night. I'm like that. And I told you. Yep. I said, Sam's points. I think that's going to be the difference in me and Mike's game. Yeah. And guess what? It was. It was. Yeah. I know I know. Breeze was the last guy you had going. He put a shit ton of points up. But that wasn't the difference because Breeze at home versus the Colts, he's going to light them up. Yeah. I expected that. Those were the difference. So Sam Darnold, of all players. Yeah. And I said, I said if, if Sam could just get me 10, I think I'll be in a really good position. I just wanted him to get me 10, but I was like, I think he's going to get me like 3 or 1 because yeah. I thought how good the Ravens normally are against the passing game. It's all about those garbage points. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to Tommy. Once again, the Traquans don't make the final. Ooh, that's, that's a rough one. That sucks. <laughs> um, once again. <laughs> once again. Now, he's been in the league 15 years. Zero titles. Tommy's been in 15 years. He's getting to a second final this year trying to yeah. take Mike out. This is Mike's eighth season, I believe. So Mike's been in for a while, so he's a vet. So um, SCFL season coming to an end. And next week, like I said, everybody, you'll have the Senor Christmas song. Yep. That'll be lovely. A mini AEBG show, maybe a 15, 20-minute show. We're going to come at you next week. Produced by none other than Michael Lagaris next week. Oh, yeah. So get ready for a little taste of something different next different. week from Michael. Because um, I'll be on the road. So guess what? Ball's in his court, guys. Nice. The ball's in his court. The production team's leaving. All right, I'm beyond LA taking big time meetings, doing big time things for the show, doing none of those things. Just going to be hanging out with a bunch of. Are you going to go check the film? Are you going to go check the film? Maybe next year that's getting filmed out there. I mean, that's that's a whole other ball of wax that me and Mike are actually going to make our film debut. No, that is not a joke. That's an actual. That's an actual thing. Especially people know. Um, AEBG expanding, branching out. Now, us being in this movie has nothing to do with AEBG. However. It is what it is. We're both in there. Right. And as always, what we're going to do is step up to the plate and steal the show. Oh, of course. Steal the show, son. Okay? Because some cats are just born with charisma. And some people are not. That's why you get casted. Michael, another one in the books, AEBG Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. If anyone does want to listen to us in the future, tell their friends about us. Contact us in any way, shape, or form, Mike. Where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Get at you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, fans are very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. Darnold.
Because ain't Jeff Andrew. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Call the number leaders.